0: From Beyond the Beltway, this is Jeannie Ives sitting in for Bruce Dumont with our weekly analysis of national politics, featuring occasional injections of rumor and innuendo, all offered up by our panel of political insiders, pundits, power brokers, public servants, professors, and most importantly, plain-speaking Americans from coast to coast. Tonight, featuring commentary by Jonathan Greenberg, Republican. He's also a rabbi and a consultant for a charitable organization. T.O. Hardiman, Democrat, founder of Violence Interrupters and a former gubernatorial candidate in Illinois. The Reverend Caesar LaFleur, a Christian conservative, joins us as well. And in our first half hour, a special guest, Yvette Harrell, former Republican Congresswoman from New Mexico. Our program tonight is coming to you from our home base, AM560, The Answer, WIND Radio in Elk Grove Village, Illinois, our phone lines are now open at 1-800-723-8289. 1-800-723-8289. I know we're competing with the Super Bowl, but I think that we're going to add some really great commentary for people who aren't interested in that. And uh, so we have a lot to discuss tonight. It was a big week for President Biden as he gave his State of the Union speech on Tuesday Many are saying that it sounded like a speech gear, geared up for a re-election. Some even said it had a Trumpian quality to it. Well, we don't know, but she certainly has some ideas on this, since she was there for Biden's first two years in office. And at the speech on Tuesday night, I want to welcome Yvette Harrell and ask her what she thought of the State of the Union address. Yvette, thank you so much for joining us here on Beyond the Beltway with Bruce Demont.
1: I am so happy to be with you again, and yes, I had the privilege of being on the House floor as a former member, and you're right, it did sound a little campaign-esque, because he said, I think, several times, let's finish finish what we started, so it kind of indicated that he was looking for another four years to be in office. And so uh, what do you think, though? Um, Do
0: you think the American people, at least those in New Mexico, are buying the fact that he should maybe have another four years? There was a lot in that speech to be, uh, uh, you know, suspicious of when it came. It it sounded a lot to me like talking points, whether it was on immigration or whether it was on um, oil and gas, you name it.
1: Yeah, I really hope the American people, and I think they have over the last two years have understood that what's being said in Washington and what's being done isn't working. I mean, we're seeing the higher price of gas. We're seeing, you know, empty uh, grocery store shelves. I, we're seeing this that are being compromised and hurt because of the lack of access to, um, whether it's, you know, uh, products for the shelf, that type of thing, it's fits up And what I really hope the American people don't do is just think that this is going to be how it's always gotta be. Um, because it doesn't have to be this way. And we certainly have opportunities to enhance our oil production, back our energy independence. But looking at the big picture, you know, this last year has been a hit not only on the inflation side, but look at individual wealth, 401ks and everything else has been hit. So it's a, it's a big problem. And I hope the American people understand this isn't working. We need to change direction. Well, I mean, so let's let's talk about that, though. I mean, Biden
0: was pretty specific, saying that inflation has come down. I mean, are people buying that? Everybody knows he walked into a situation where inflation was under 2% when he took office, and yeah. then it skyrocketed to 9% is right back down to just under 7%. But for him to make allegations like that or the dropping of gas prices, for example, which have completely fluctuated. I mean, they were as high as 5 $6 a gallon in many states. Uh, down the average yeah. is now, I think, 349 But when he started, it was 259 How can he get away with these lies? Do you think the American public is
1: buying it? I hope they're not, and you're right, it absolutely was lies. Um, people are not and should not be buying it because, again, they're feeling it in their pocketbook every single day. And again, that's why I say I hope people don't feel like this is just the way it's going to be from now on, you know, starting to get better. They could be a lot better, and sadly, the overspending and the and to control the spending in Washington, D.C., is what drove up inflation, and we mm-hmm. talked about it for the last few years. And so hopefully people are understanding that we deserve better, our future generations deserve better. Um, they're not buying it, but it sounded good and it sounded very direct. It sounded good, authoritative, um, but the bigger picture is people are, are understanding what their daily and weekly and monthly budgets look like and the policies in DC have had a major impact on those. Mm So um, we're having kind of a conversation here. We only
0: have Yvette for the first half hour, and then we're going to have the rest of the panel respond to that. That said, if the panel's got a great question that they need to ask her, just raise your hand, let me know, and we'll we'll take the mic to you. I definitely want to give you uh, the ability to talk to her directly. Can we get a little bit more personal here, though? What was the Republicans feeling? What was the feeling on the House floor... Uh, now that McCarthy's sitting in the chair behind him, I mean, the, the, the speech is not going to be ripped up by Nancy Pelosi. Uh, I, I, I watched part of the speech. You know, McCarthy was very, uh, almost to the point of eye rolling in many of the places. Um, and, but um, what was the mood of the House members, the Republicans?
1: I think I'm kind of disgusted because, like you said, he was kind of out- no sense. The Democrat-controlled uh, uh, House and Senate and, and administration is what got us into this mess. Executive orders, and then you know, to talk about needing uh, you know traditional energy for the next 10 years, or he made a comment about you know the border would be a lot more secure if Congress would have acted on some of his ideas or his policies these were just so frustrating, these comments that he made, and hopefully people could sense, I mean, it was almost palatable in the speech. You could really feel it. And here's what's sad. I mean, we Mm -hmm. want to embrace Americans. We want to embrace our country, but it is so unfair to start raising a flag of saying, you know, I was doing it right. The Republicans are not fair. Um, So it was very disgusting. And I know for sure, that there had been some conversations with uh, Speaker McCarthy regarding, you know, um, Social Security, Medicare, Mm -hmm. all of these things, you know, to make that statement. And that that sounded very political to me, very, you know, I'm on the campaign trail because it just Mm -hmm. sounds good. Republicans want to do away with, you know, Social Security Mm -hmm. and Medicare and all these things, which is absolutely not true. But the disgust, especially when you're talking about the fentanyl, you know, the people that are dying every single day. I mean, we could have, stopped a lot of this tragedy from occurring to country had we kept solid border policy initiatives in happy try to hold them to the title too, which they never would do. I mean, we invited the vice president to New Mexico to see our border and to understand what we were dealing with as a community Being on the border also as a state and obviously the nation.
0: Well, I want to get to that. Let's go back real quickly here. We've only got 40 segments in this segment. Tio's got a question for you. We're going to get your question after the break. But with the 30 seconds left, um, just what's your quick response to Marjorie Taylor Greene's outburst at the point when, I mean, Biden gets up there and says, and there's some Republicans who want to take away your retirement security. um, And then she yells out liar. What what were the Republicans like, okay, that's a little awkward, or were they all in? Real quick, you got 10 seconds.
1: I think it was kind of a reminiscent of Joe Wilson a few years ago, yes. but it was just, I think frustration level, he'll hit that peak, and she just blurted it out, and others were probably in solid agreement with her. All right, and let's not forget that the Re- the Democrats
0: booed Trump during his State of the Union speech, so fair play here, folks. There's a lack of decorum on both sides. When we get back to you after the break, Tio's got a question for the Congresswoman and we're gonna discuss immigration. Thank you so much.
2: At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike's sub gets its exquisite zinc and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, a kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike's subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike's sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above.
3: Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for Working Adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu.
4: One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy. Your football buddy. Or you, your best man. Your worst man. You, your dog walker your cat jugger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and it's Pre-Diabetes Awareness
6: Partners. Matthew. Uh, Oh, sorry. It's okay. I just need you to listen to me. I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me.
4: I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and I know it's because you care. All the talks we've had over the
7: years,
5: For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov.
0: Okay, Welcome back to the program. This is Beyond the Beltway sitting in for Bruce Dumont. I'm Jeannie Ives. We have a great set of panelists and we have a special guest. We have former Congresswoman Yvette Harrell. She's the Congresswoman from New Mexico. And by the way, we do have affiliates that will certainly be listening in. We have an affiliate right there in El Paso, Texas, where this this, uh, program is broadcast live at this time on Sunday nights, 6 to 8 p.m. So our phone lines are open 1-800-723-8289. I mean, listen, that 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 Super Bowl game is nothing compared to the Super Bowl that we have here on communications and t- and po- political talk. I mean, this is, you're getting the, the A-team today, <laughs> I think, um, personally. And speaking of the A-team, we've got Tio Hardiman. He had a question for you, Yvette.
1: Uh, go ahead, Tio.
8: Yeah, Yvette, how you doing today, first and foremost?
1: I'm doing great. Glad to be here.
8: Okay, yeah, I did get a chance to travel to Albuquerque, New Mexico, a couple of times in the past. Uh, but my question, I want to, well, if, you, if you don't mind, if you can bring more clarity to an uh, issue that's always being portrayed in the media when it comes to Republicans. Every time the issue, the topic of Social Security or Medicaid, or when Medicare comes up, uh, in the media, they always portray the Republicans, Republicans as trying to take away those benefits for people across the United States. Can you bring a little clarity to that matter for me?
1: Well, that is really not true. In fact, we understand the solvency and the importance, and all of these people, myself included, us so hard and and understand that money will be there. Social Security. When we get ready to retire, do everything we can to protect that. And I believe we just get to where the. The media, the mainstream media, drives the narrative. Mm-hmm. They have the opportunity exactly. to tell people what they ought to think or believe, and I think that's what we're seeing happen. But that is not the case. Republicans want to salvage that uh, the the, uh, the accounts. We want that money there for retirees, um, both on the care side and, and on the Social Security side. Okay. Yes, yeah, so I know, and I mean, let's
0: let's be honest. And there's not a single nonpartisan uh, think tank that doesn't tell you that Social Security is completely bankrupt by 2035. And then it's pay go. I don't know how you afford yeah. that. And the Republican response to this is, is right. Look, if we stop the overspending in every other category, we may have the funds available to to, to, re, to actually be able to pay out the benefits that have been already earned. Or supposedly earned uh but listen the democrats have their own ideas about how to solve social security they just don't want to talk about it and what it means is additional employment taxes on both you and your employer so i mean already you're paying enormous you enormous taxes into social security when you should be able to invest that money for yourself yeah. it is a safety net but there are ways to reform this that makes sense. We just can't get there because it's a, such a political football. But I want to turn to a different topic. Okay, during his speech, Yvette, this is what the President said. We've launched a new border plan last month. Unlawful migration from Cuba, Haiti, Nicaragua, and Venezuelan has come down ninety seven percent as a consequence of that. Okay, so maybe January 31st, and he gives a speech February 8th, and now it's down 97% in those particular countries. I don't buy it. Do you, I mean, what is happening at the border
1: in New Mexico? Oh, we are seeing a huge uptick, and we knew that this would happen a year ago when Texas and Arizona started really making both Governor Abbott and um, the governor of Arizona at the time started making huge inroads in, in order to secure their border. And so it created a funnel in New Mexico. And in mm-hmm. this in our El Paso sector, which is New Mexico, that's where it's located, we've seen more uh, illegal crossings than we ever have before. We had over 160,000 people, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it is for the size of state that we are in the population, et cetera. But, you know, the border policy is trying to push, you know, we, we've we been fighting for uh Title 42, the Remain in Mexico, all of that. But they were trying to make it where there would be an opportunity for people to do these. Those coming here illegally could essentially make an appointment to cross the border and from those those countries that you just mentioned. But we also have to look at the bigger picture mm-hmm. with those that are on the the uh, most wanted lists, you know, the FBI list, those countries that we do not have any repatriation programs with like Venezuela, some of these others. I mean, we have a wide open border. Every state is a border state now, but it's not just the people, it's the fentanyl, it's the drugs, it's the uptick in crime, and the winners right now are the cartel. They are making billions of dollars off the back of these people that are risking everything to get here, and we're also putting the American people in harm's way, and we're also putting pressure on all of our, look at what what's happening in New York right now. They, they can't handle the amount of migrants they've m- made their way to New York and now to Canada. I mean, this until we have an adult in the room that will actually put their foot down and salvage American sovereignty and place the value of the American people first. I mean, I, we, we know migrant, uh, migration is an important part of who we are as a nation, but we have laws and we have to protect those laws. And we have to get the people that live. There. We have to get a handle on this border. So on, in Maria, on Maria
0: Bartiroma's uh, show this morning, she put up an alarming statistic uh, in 2022, uh, these are Chinese nationals apprehended at the southern border. In 2022, mm. 229. This fiscal year, 1,862. That's like an 800% increase. Chinese nationals mm. apprehended at the southern border. Now, uh, Biden talked tough. Oh, we, we're, we we want to compete with China. We don't want conflict with China. Nobody's buying this. And now you've got Chinese nationals that... By the way, we had to shut down the Chinese consulate in Houston. let's not forget about that because the spying. You've got Eric Swalwell sleeping with a Chinese spy. You've got our academics, um, our, our, some of our large, biggest universities actually colluding with the Chinese when it comes to technology and and giving away all of our, um, you know trade secrets. Uh, I I don't buy this. I don't buy that he's tough on China. I don't buy that he's tough on the border. And now you've got Chinese nationals sneaking across the southern border. Why are the Chinese nationals sneaking across the southern border, not to mention, you know, 120 other countries' nationals
1: as well? Look at all the property up in America right now. Look at the farmland. Look at the property that's located into several of our uh, military installations. I mean, look at the balloons. I mean there are so many problems there we we could have a whole show the whole panel could could i'm sure weigh in again when to me it's national security it's american sovereignty it's knowing who's coming into our country and why and this whole china thing is very frightening and we just don't talk about it enough i mean we introduced a bill um, last year to say, look, let's bring research and development back to America. We have the, we have the smartest people on the, on the, in the world here. We have the capability to bring those jobs back and to stop relying on China, Communist Party China for medications, for medical supplies, um, you know, and what's happening with the universities. But there is no appetite for that. And I have a of what that looks like on the national security level. Okay, I think- but, but you're there. You've been there what yeah. what is why is that not a bipartisan issue that's what i don't know i mean then securing the border why isn't making policy decisions that are actually going to lift people up help our businesses the american worker the american business owner you know the education piece of all this i mean why aren't we working better for the american people instead of special interest groups and again it becomes it's so divisive that these you've seen it for the last 2 years and it's mm-hmm. not two years for the last many years policy decisions are being made that are impacting or helping out a group of environmentalists or a special interest that have the big money. And at the end of the day, we ought to be putting people over politics every single day. This this is why really almost every single elected official we there's just such a low approval rating. Why the decorum? Trust mm-hmm. what people are saying. I mean, the speech the other night was a prime example. There was just lie after lie after lie. And people are getting, I think, quite disgusted with it all. Um, yep. And our country, to me, is still a bit great. I just watched before we jumped on, you know, the National the Super Bowl and, you know, to see the football players there and some of the people they showed just with tears. It, it choked me up, too, because we live in the best country on earth. We need more God and less government. We need to be working on on behalf of the people that put us into office and regain that trust um but it becomes you know term limits is something you should be doing but why aren't we passing bills that actually would help americans and build up our economy and build up our our strength as a kind of placating to putin or to chinese uh, you know china uh, mm-hmm. chinese communist party it makes no sense and the american people are the ones who like every single time so we
0: discussed um, prior to the, the show starting, we were having a little side conversation about this. And um, it appears that New Mexico is similarly situated as the big state of Illinois in terms of its political balance. And that being said, that the Democrats are kind of controlling that small state. And my my whole opinion is, uh, and we're going to get a response from our panelists after you drop off at that half hour here. We only have a minute left. But my my opinion is, is that it's only the states who actually do act as laboratories for policy it's only through those their example and the migration of individuals when you cannot fight the political climate in your state anymore when you cannot fight the the power structure the gerrymandered districts when you can't fight it you flee so only by those other states examples are we going to be saved as a nation is my Thought. What? Where does New Mexico stand in that fight?
1: We're in trouble. I mean, we are a small. Think <laughs> about fifty percent of the kids born in New Mexico right now are born into poverty. And you know, once they're in session right now, one of the things they're passing is to allow teachers in schools to set up gender-altering drugs and and surgeries for with the parents. Uh, you know, not with any parental um, recognition. I mean that's crazy town because we've done away with actual being able to see parents parents or kids make decisions for their children because the government's doing it or the school is doing it but we're in trouble because we cannot compete national an scale, and we have a beautiful state lots of natural resources but it's almost an inch Democrats in New Mexico take a mile. And guess what? We don't have to be right or wrong. How about we come together and do what's right for the country and for the state we represent? Okay.
0: All right. Yvette, thank you so much for joining us on this first half hour of Beyond the Beltway. You're going to drop off and we're going to continue the conversation. 1-800-723-8289 if you want to weigh in. We will take your call. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you.
2: Thank you. Goodbye, bench press. Adios,
7: squat rack. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education.
3: Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu.
6: Learn more at LLS.org. If you're me, we'll hear you. We all
5: want our kids to grow up safe and healthy, so we show them how. And we tell them with honest conversations that let them know what we expect. Not just one time, but every chance we get. That's especially important when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. Kids not only need to know the dangers and how to avoid them, they need to hear it often from you. And when it comes to pain medications, opioids, they need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription, and never shared with friends or family. It's dangerous and illegal. So talk with your kids and guide them through the challenges of growing up safe and healthy. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov.
0: on the Beltway. I'm Jeannie Ives, sitting in for Bruce Dumont. Our phone lines are open at 1-800-723-8289. Listen, just, you know, turn off that Super Bowl. The odds are they're even. They're even. Could be a good game, but you never know. We all watch for the commercials anyway. You can watch the highlights of that later. Listen to us instead, 1-800-723-8289. We're going to go to our guests, and we're going to have them each introduce themselves and maybe just say a little bit of an opening remark about your initial impression of the State of the Union address and where the country is headed. Let's start first with Jonathan Greenberg.
9: Well, it's fourteen seven Eagles.
0: Uh, oh, it's fourteen seven yeah, Eagles. Great. Thanks for letting me know. Second quarter.
9: Okay. Um, so uh, um, my name is Jonathan Greenberg. Uh, my day job is as an advisor to a, a private family foundation, um, advising them on their philanthropy. Uh, and uh, I ran for the state legislature in 2012 with Jeannie uh, as a Republican from the northern suburbs uh, of Chicago. Um, uh, before that, I was the Midwest political director at the American-Israel Public Affairs Committee and... Uh, various campaign experiences before that um and uh, my initial take on the state of the union is that there shouldn't be one uh that we dealt with uh we had a written state of the union for uh the first hundred and something years of the country and that all the pomp and circumstance smacks of the british opening of parliament where the I, the Thomas. king shows up at yep. the house of lords and uh tells the subjects what it is that uh, he wants done and uh frankly we should uh, we should stop doing it entirely it's kind of an embarrassment at this point and we can just go back to the president fulfilling uh, his constitutional obligation to report on the State of the Union in written form which is good enough for George Washington so it should be good enough for us
0: so would you agree uh, congresswoman Mary Miller a Republican from Illinois one of our three Republicans in Illinois uh, she said I'm not going I'm not going and instead she sent in place of her she sent a military officer who left the military because he refused to take the mandatory vax, so he was almost there as a protest. Mm. Mm-hmm.
9: Yeah, no, I think I, I mean I, I would just not go. I think it's yeah. uh, and, and I think that it's uh, like I said, I, it's not okay that Supreme Court justices go. It's weird that the military goes. It's weird yes. that ambassadors go. It's just weird. The whole thing is, I think, really an, kind of an un-American show of pomp and circumstance, and that we should just go back to our written uh, message on the State of the Union.
0: Great. And the Ukrainian ambassador was there, so we're going to be talking about that, too. Um, okay, let's go to Reverend Caesar LaFleur. Reverend, uh, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience and give us a little bit of your initial take on the State of the Union address.
10: Absolutely. Well, first of all, you know, I love you, GDIs. It's about foregoing the Super Bowl to be here with you. But I am Reverend Cecil LaFleur. I am a minister of the gospel. But my day job is I'm the state field director for the public school exit project with the Illinois Family Institute. I'm also connected with the Center for Urban Renewal and Education, PURE, Washington, D.C., with Star Parker and the Freedoms Journal Institute for the Study of Faith and Public Policy, here with Dr. Eric Wallace. I did watch the speech the other night. I think it would be more of uh, less of a State of the Union address and more of a state of delusion demonstration. Mm. Uh, I was one of the very few people that watched it, I understand, was one of the lowest uh, rated State of the Union addresses uh, in recent history. And really I came away with a lot of mixed emotions about it. I, mm-hmm. I felt sad because I felt sad for our country uh, based on how the leadership is failing it. I felt sad and disappointed that nobody was calling Joe Biden out uh, on some of smoke and mirrors that he's using to try to paint a, a rosier picture of the country than those of us who are living every day are actually experiencing. Mm-hmm. And it was more of a campaign speech because he really couldn't talk about the real state of the union. He couldn't talk about the broken border. He couldn't address some of the issues that come along with that. For instance, if 10,000 Russian soldiers crossing the Ukrainian border is an invasion, why are two 2 million people crossing our southern border seen as an invasion? He couldn't really talk about the state of the economy as it's affecting American citizens. Mm -hmm. Talking about inflation coming down a little bit, coming down a little bit from where? Where you spiked it up. It's still significantly up from where it was when you started. So he really couldn't talk about any of those things in earnest. And so it really was a smoke and mirror, you know, bait and switch Uh, Yeah, I want to be with you for four more years so we can finish what we started. Yeah, what you started is destroying the country, and I'm praying that you don't get a chance to finish that.
0: Oh, very good. So in response to that, we have our card-carrying Democrat, T.O. Hardiman. T.O., introduce yourself to our audience, please, and give us a little bit of a response uh, to the State of the Union Address from your perspective. Yes,
8: Mm -hmm. Uh, T.O. Hardiman, a former candidate for governor here, uh, twice. Uh, I ran as a Democrat. I ran in 2014, mm-hmm. secured close to 30% of the state vote. Then I ran again in 2018. That's when uh, Senator Dan- Daniel Biss was running along with uh, Jeannie I was running as a Republican at the, uh, during that uh, race. Then also uh, Chris Kennedy and J.B. Prisker. And In 2018, I didn't do as well because J.B. spent $170 million. It's kind of tough when he had a big Yeah, money he like may be
0: that. spending that again to run for president, yeah. uh, so everybody watch <laughs> yeah. out.
8: I'm hearing okay. that all the time. Then also, I serve as an adjunct professor in the field of restorative justice and criminology, and I'm the president of Violence and the non not-for-profit organization. So we're doing a lot of good work on, on the ground level in Chicago, but I always keep my ear to the ground when it comes to a lot of the issues nationwide and, and international issues as well. Now, my first response would be, I organized a candidates forum over on the South Side of Chicago yesterday, and a, a senior citizen had informed me that inflation is so rough for senior citizens that live on fixed incomes. She went out to purchase a, a pack of hot dogs, and it was like eight hundred. Uh, I was about to say $800, eight hundred dollars, eight dollars and sixty-nine cent. And she said, mm-hmm. what well, that's before tax." It with the tax, like ten dollars. She said she couldn't even afford a, a pack of hot dogs. So when you talk about inflation, I don't know what the uh, President Big Joe is doing about inflation. Sweet. And I noticed the gas prices are pretty much mm-hmm. like anywhere from four dollars a gallon to 4 four fifty in some places that you travel to, right? So, and when it comes to the border, now I just want to say this: if we as uh, political leaders, legislators, would just about, by the Constitution and respect the the law of the land, I think we could solve the border crisis. But everybody appears to be uh, playing political football with this issue of immigration.
0: Now, Tio, ahead of this uh, discussion that we had, and Eduardo, thank you so much for calling in. Eduardo's calling in from Chicago. Eduardo, we're going to get to your phone call. Hold on just a moment, though. But, uh, Tio, back to this. I I, I mean... um, Okay, sorry, you're still the card carrying member of the Democrat Party, even as you maybe, unfortunately, you are common sense on policy. But what is it with your party and immigration?
8: Well, what's happening right now, I've been a lifelong Democrat, but I'm about 70% swaying in another direction now, I have to say that. I've always touted myself as a progressive Democrat, but when I ran for governor after securing 30% of the state vote, the Democrats never reached out to me. It's it's, it's really uh, disrespectful, you know, to a degree. Mm -hmm. Now, at the same time, I'm just looking at the fact that it, it appears that the Democratic Party, to a degree, they continue to negotiate or compromise the values of, of, of the United States of America. I'm looking at the conditions. I'm an African-American man here in the United States, okay? I'm looking at the conditions in my community. I'm looking at the South Side of Chicago, West Side of Chicago. I truly believe that criminal justice reform has backfired on the victims of crime here throughout our nation, but definitely here in Chicago.
0: All right. Well, you're not the only one who has, who has mentioned that. You know, let's, let's go continue with the immigration decision, uh, discussion real quick. Eduardo, we're, we're going to take your call. Welcome to the program, Eduardo. Good to have you on. Yeah, I saw this
5: in Daily Mail, and this is in regards to immigration here. Uh, the uh, I won't say the name of the gang, but it's the one that says Next Generation. So they arrested these four men, and they were setting up uh, drug sophisticated drug uh machinery, machinery uh, and everything from a uh, supermarket to a uh, car wash, stretching from California to Pennsylvania. I don't want to get your panel's uh, reaction to that.
0: Yes, so, so Eduardo, really the, the question is, is, how are they allowed to, everybody knows that they're part of an immigration drug, uh, they're, they're illegal immigrants setting up a drug ring, but they're running what looks, appears to be legitimate business they're They're in the back uh doing they're doing the drug deal oh yeah right Mm -hmm. well you got to have a legitimate business to flush the money through right and hide it yeah no this is the problem we had on the former chief of the border patrol we had him on when i was uh hosting this program a few weeks ago and he said it straight he said look our border is controlled by the cartels it's not controlled by American security people. It is controlled by the cartels. It's the same thing in many cases in many of these big cities. Just look at the cartels taking out that family of six in California. That was a cartel hit. It is, it is, it is unbelievable that we're allowing this to happen. And I think both parties should agree that this needs to stop. There should be some sort of RICO action uh, in my opinion, Jonathan, can you weigh in on this?
9: Yeah. I I mean, I think the, the first thing that we have to do is it's always returning to first principles. Um, and the, the problem is really, we don't share first principles anymore. Democrats think that it's, um, bigoted for us to want to have a country that has borders. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, but There have to be borders i mean there has to be restrictions on who can come into the country not just for for criminal reasons but for you know who's going to derive benefits from being a citizen who's going to how it changes the the country the there are there are very good reasons why the country needs to have borders so
0: how secure are the borders in israel i mean you're an expert on israel you you traveled there you studied it you're a rabbi I mean, they don't. Put, they would not put up with an unsecured border.
9: Actually, I mean, they, they have a, an illegal immigrant problem of their own. Uh, African immigrants that came in from the Egyptian border, which for a time was was pretty easy to get through. Um, uh, but uh, I mean, they obviously have a much smaller country. It's a much smaller border, and they're at war with most of the countries that border them. So those are secure, much more secure borders. Um, they don't have anything like the the southern border of the United States that they have to protect with miles and miles and miles of kind of open range and desert. Uh, so the the, the the largest border they have is on on the Egyptian side and that's their problematic border.
0: Okay great well uh, we're gonna be back with you shortly a uh, little break here and the panel will be back to discuss more of the reaction on the State of the Union address and many other topics. Thank you for joining us one 800 And Eduardo, we Eduardo we appreciate your phone call thank you so much.
3: Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than one million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu.
2: At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike's sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra. An exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings. A kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike's subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike's sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above.
5: For more information, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov.
2: No word in English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, We'll probably stay together. Probably?
6: (laughs) It's
7: been 23 minutes since I ate. (laughs) I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes.
2: Mm, Okay, (laughs) now tell me what to do.
7: Cannonball! If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council.
8: It's concise.
0: Yeah. We got an update on the score. Okay, welcome back to Beyond the Beltway on this Super Bowl Sunday. Jonathan, do you have an update on that score?
9: Yeah, six minutes to go in the second quarter. It's 14 all.
0: 14 all, so they, oh, they tied it up. Okay, my brother, who is pretty involved, you know, understands this stuff. He said that they're (laughs) even. When it comes to betting, they're even. Okay, speaking of bets, um, I I think, honestly, I don't know that Biden knew which way to go with big corporate. First of all, he talked about outside Columbus, Ohio, Intel's building a semiconductor factories of thousands of acres, literally a field of dreams. It's going to create 10,000 jobs, 7,000 construction jobs, 3,000 jobs. In the factories once they're finished you know he went on and on um about touting that and then at the same time he said uh big oil just reported its profits record profits last year they made 200 billion in the midst of a global energy crisis i think it's outrageous so profits are problem but we want business to come to the united states what uh, caesar does this guy not understand who employs people i i mean this i don't get it don't we need jobs obviously
10: We absolutely need jobs. And uh, obviously he, like other Democrats, don't understand the whole idea of when we have profitable businesses, we have opportunity to provide jobs and means of incomes for the citizens. But the goal is not the same because many of those people in the Democratic Party, including Joe Biden, want the people to be dependent on government instead of being dependent on themselves and on, uh, of, you know, the private economy. So, yeah, he's obviously going to sound confused on that because the principles are not straight in his head. He doesn't understand how good it is. It's a good thing when we hear businesses making profit. We well, have businesses are doing
0: well. So he went on to say that they didn't pay their fair share in taxes, that he's got a plan to fix that, that they've already fixed it. And one of the things that he wants to propose is he wants to quadruple the tax on corporate stock buybacks, encourage long, long-term investments. Um, the, he said they'll still make a considerable profit. Uh, but, I mean, a lot of people are saying no. I mean, you, if you don't give us certainty, especially in the oil and gas industry, that you're not going to shut us down in 10 years by the way, he kind of threw out a 10-year. Well, we'll need oil and gas for at least the next 10 years. Is anybody taking him seriously?
8: Well, the reality, when you live in a capitalistic society, it's all about profit for some people. And big businesses uh, kept the country afloat. Uh, for many, many decades, and, and that's being realistic uh, with that but situation. But profit a dirty it's word prof- in, yeah.
0: in the Democrat uh, um, well, profit, playbook? Well,
8: profit should not be a dirty word because a lot of Democrats have profited as well. We heard a lot of stories about how some Democratic leaders have invested <laughs> in businesses, you know, and all of a sudden it comes yeah. out late on in the game, but we don't know about it while it's going on. So a profit should never be a dirty word. And we're not socialists, we're not communists, so what's the reality there? Okay, that's just the way it goes.
0: Well, some in you, some in your party are socialists, though.
8: Yes, yeah, some of them are. I, but the absolutely. thing is, but the the pastor know what I'm talking are. about.
10: You know, what I'm talking absolutely. about. Absolutely. But listen, I, I really think that what a lot of uh, Democrat legislatures try to do is legislate through fear and division. So, they try to make people afraid of everything so that we can be manipulated. Like, for instance, with the Social Security thing, you know, hey, senior citizens, you're gonna be taken off, you're gonna be picked off, you'll be left to starve, you know, that to make people afraid so that it can be easily manipulated. And then, also, that division that they place, the us versus them, the classic Marxist uh, ideology is that it's us versus them, it's the rich who are causing the poor all of their problems and so therefore you got to hate those rich people because your suffering is caused by them it's classic but it's also destructive because it's destroying the fiber of our country We know and, and that's yeah. really appalling
0: I, I think it's based on a bunch of lies to some degree but i i'm the moderator here <laughs> so i'm supposed to kind of keep it you know in the even keel, but I, I mean, I think it's a lie that you're going to get rid of oil and gas in ten years. I think it's a lie that you're going to everybody's going to have an electrical vehicle that you can shut down, um, um, take out people's gas stoves, for example. I think that's all just a big talking point. And when rubber meets the road, this is not going to happen in five years, ten years, fifteen, or twenty. Jonathan, will what do we do to come back to reality? Can't we get? Why, is, why I'll be honest with you, why do corporations buy into big government at the same time that they're getting punished by some of these policies?
9: Well, I think a lot of them are institutionally captured by okay. woke employees. But the look, the bigger question is, the Democrats want corporations to have record profits so they can tax them. The question we should be asking is, what do you want the money for? Uh, the the Democratic Party is interested in an exponential uh, growth of of the federal government federal regulation and they have to pay for it somehow Uh, so that's the that's the the problem and that's what we should be taking on is we don't want the nature of our relationship with the federal government to change Uh, and so we shouldn't be asking people to pay more to a federal government so the federal government can do more we don't want that so if unless it's replacing individual tax uh, rates, which we know it's there. if they're going to cut my taxes and raise Intel's taxes, that would be one thing. But we know they're not going to do that.
0: But big corporate has actually been co-opted by big government, and they they work hand in glove, especially right. uh, against small businesses, against competitors. They're, they they certainly want to crowd them out of the scene, and uh, that's why you're getting some of these policies that just don't make sense long term. The, the idea that you can build out solar and solar and wind is going to be the be all end all. It's it's not going to happen. Not in our lifetime. I can put up any sort of like energy app right now and I will tell you there is 0% well, of solar being produced. We want to all be the driving Midwest.
9: we want to all be driving electric vehicles in in 10 years how do we generate most of the electricity in this country? Coal. You know,
0: coal. Yes, yes we do. Coal and natural gas followed by nuclear. So I mean this is the problem though because these corporate titans they know the truth. They won't speak the truth, and they won't. They won't do it even to their own employees. And and, and but behind the scenes, though, they they they're going to keep on keeping on to make the, the money that they want to make.
8: Always, you know. Uh,
0: yep. Okay. So, uh, getting back to this, when we after this break, when we come back, we're going to be talking about foreign policy, the implications of the State of the Union speech. it was very light on foreign policy from my perspective. What he did said say. Is problematic in my opinion. So we've got a lot more to discuss on this Super Bowl Sunday. Thanks for joining us on Beyond the Beltway. one 800 723 We've got Joy in San Diego. She's got a question. We're going to take your question when you get back. When we get back to the program, thanks so much for calling in, Joy. The rest of you can call in as well.
8: Sounds good. So fast. So
3: back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu.
2: At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine, vinegar, and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike's sub gets its exquisite zinc and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra. An exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings. A kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike's subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike's sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above.
6: Hi, I'm Dr. Nia Herd-Garris with today's tip for kids from the American Academy of Pediatrics. As parents, we want our children to grow up healthy and strong. That means helping teens take responsibility for their health as they become young adults. One way to do that is to make sure they have one-on-one time with their pediatrician. That helps them become comfortable talking about any health issue with their doctors and with you. So make sure to give your teen a voice. It's good for their health. For more on teen health, visit HealthyChildren.org. I'll be here to hear what's on your mind
5: Kids want to share what's going on in their lives with the adults around them parents, grandparents, teachers, coaches and more they want to know you're listening and they want to listen to you they want your input and guidance early and often on all kinds of topics when it comes to a serious subject like underage drinking they want to know your expectations as well as how and why, as a young person, they should avoid alcohol. How you talk about it will change as your child grows, but the important thing is to talk about it. Not just once for an hour when you think the time is right, but in 60 one minute conversations and more that are part of your everyday talks. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov.
0: welcome back to beyond the beltway this is our second hour and we're going to go straight to the phones we've got joy in san diego joy uh thank you for joining us on this super bowl sunday
11: hi um I'm actually from Spokane, but I'm I'm here oh. extended visit visiting my son in San Diego. But okay. um, I'm a lifelong Democrat, and so I just wanted to offer a different view than the rest of the people on the program so far. Um, I think the State of the Union is appropriate to give in Spokane, and I'm sure many cities we have. State of the city. Each year, we have a state of the county. Uh um, That it's a public um, uh, presentation, and so I don't think that there's anything wrong with having one. Um, And I think that um, I, I think um, President Biden was talking a lot about um, the bipartisan work that's been done, and I just just listening. And I'm trying to be unbiased, <laughs> and but as 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 a Democrat, um, I I come with that um, standpoint. But I would be more scared of this country listening to all of you on the right, just the way that you're describing, just what how scary it is here to be in the United States. And I just, um, I just. Would hope that um, the parties could work together on on issues and set a a goal and and then work on proposals to achieve it. I it, I I just see instead words like woke and others that just put up huge barriers for problems to
0: being solved okay joe joy thank you for that perspective i'm I'm glad stay on the phone here I just want to have a little conversation here just shortly i mean you you raised some good points um uh, i mean in fact many people said that there are elements of biden's speech that did sound like trump and somebody actually did an overlay, and I don't have that clip with me, but they they took um, excerpts of Biden's speech and put it up against excerpts of other State of the Union speeches that had been given by both Democrats and Republicans. And it, it appears that, in many cases, uh, there were similar sound bites, even to Trump. So, um, I, I mean, I don't know that anybody on this program even used the word woke at all in the first hour. Mm-hmm. Oh, you okay, did. Okay, Jonathan is fessing up. He used that <laughs> word woke. Um we're just we're just curious though, uh so do you th- do you believe we should have an open border? Or, and do you believe no, Joe and do I you don't believe think it- the
11: Democrats I don't I don't think Democrats do. I mean I think that there is a different focus on um um
0: But Joy, boy, Joy, here's the facts. I, would- I mean in in the two years that Biden's been in office, five million illegal immigrants, two point four million in just the last year um, you've got Eric Adams, Democrat mayor of New York City, saying, I can't take this anymore. You've got Lori Lightfoot in Chicago asking for additional state funding. You've got the Democrat governor of Colorado shipping illegal immigrants to Chicago. You've got the newly elected Democrat in Arizona oh, well, uh, doing the yeah, same thing that her Republican not, predecessor did, which was is uh, taking the illegal immigrants and shipping them out elsewhere. And all of them are saying, "We need more resources. We can't do this anymore. Uh, what's it going to take? I mean, don't do, do, are we a no, and country I'm, of laws?" But-
11: no, but I am. I, I'm frustrated with that as well. But okay. I would not say okay. that the That's Democratic fair. policy is to open borders. But it is, right look, door, it is right now. Look, the borders are open, it's young not, lady. No, they have sent. They have sent more people back than previous um, well, um, administrations well, have. Well, young lady, I'm, I'm, I'm a Democrat. They're trying to work. <laughs> Joy, Tio, wants a, Tio yeah,
8: can you take yeah, Joy, this comment from T.O.? Yeah, I'm, I'm a Democrat myself, but I said I'm kind of swearing away a little bit, Joy. But I want to say this to you. The border is wide open. Seriously, if you look at the numbers of people coming over, it's like they can just walk across the border. We need to abide by the laws of the land, and people should come over the legal way. Don't Do you agree with that?
11: Well, I do, but what I just really am getting tired of, and I'm going to be this summer going to my fourth trip to Guatemala. Okay. I'm just getting really tired of the right, and, and maybe you believe it too as a Democrat, but just the characterization of people who are coming over. Oh, no. And and so I think, again, there is so much that it's stopped – that we stop getting done because of the way that language gets in there. So the Guatemalans yeah. I have seen in my four trips that have tried to come to the United States understood are desperate. They well, let me have, say this quickly. Yes. Then yeah. I'll be yeah. quiet. I just
8: want to say this real quick, and I'll okay. be quiet, Joy. Sure. We love all human beings. Let me make that clear. We just want people to abide by the law. That's it, and that's all. Mm-hmm.
11: Yeah. But that's it's not that good, what you hear from the right. Sure. Or or even if you look at where you said we shouldn't have, you know, Chinese scientists or postdocs. I worked at Stanford as the business manager for 18, 19 years and in the medical school. And again, some of these woke policies uh, of trying uh, to get minorities into the pipeline. Joy, to develop uh, first of all, program. Joy, we're going to go to Cesar. They're going gonna... to help us get Americans okay. into those positions.
0: Uh, okay, very quickly here. I want to set the record straight. one. I had um, Li Mengyong on. She was the Chinese woman who figured out that the virus came from Wuhan, and she blew the whistle on it. She had to flee China for her life. She's in the U.S. I had her on, so I don't. And I have tons of Chinese friends, but I mean that's kind of like something you shouldn't even say. Like, of course I have friends. The point that I made is that we have professors that are breaking our laws. And actually working with the Chinese in ways that they shouldn't and taking money from the Chinese for research when they're not disclosing that to the federal government. Oh, that is the problem. Mike. That's what I point out. But Joy, Joy, thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. We're going to have Caesar respond to your comments.
10: Yeah, just one comment about that border. I think one of the things that irritated people on the left most about Donald Trump when he kept saying, if you don't have a border, you don't have a country. And there is a significant part of the emerging woke faction in the Democrat Party who actually believes in open Mm-hmm. that they want to see and they want to see a world without borders, everybody being under this just one world uh, government if you will. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things they do resent about us as Americans is that we want our borders protected. And it's not being racist or bigoted or any of that when you just want people to come in here through the legal way. We believe in immigration we disagree with illegal immigration. And it's almost impeachable to me. I think uh, Joe Biden ought to be impeached for not doing something about the border. That is an emergent crisis. Why are we afraid to call it an invasion? We're allowing an invasion to come in and it's going to be overloading the system. It already is. It's overall overloading those uh, border states and those border cities. Mm-hmm. And it's overrunning our school system that is dragging us down. The American people are paying for that. So we have a right. We have a God-given right to stand up and say we refuse to yield to the one-world crowd and no-border society.
0: Excellent. Okay, that is it for this segment. We will be back with you after the break. We, I guarantee you we are going to get to foreign policy, uh, something that is uh, really alarming. So we're going to get back to the talk about the Chinese, Ukraine, and Iran after the break. Thank you so much for joining us on Beyond the Beltway. It's (sighs) 1-800-723-82.
7: Goodbye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice
3: a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at PurdueGlobal.edu. That's
4: PurdueGlobal.edu. One in three adults has pre-diabetes, one in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its Pre Diabetes Awareness Partners.
6: Matthew.
0: Huh? Oh, sorry. It's okay. I just need you to listen to me.
6: I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me.
4: I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and I know it's because you care. All
7: the talks we've had over the years,
2: For more
5: information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov.
0: Welcome back to Beyond the Beltway, Uh, this is i Ives sitting in for Bruce Dumont. It's 1-800-723-8289 is our phone call here. We'd love your calls. Uh, listen, we're going to turn to foreign policy here. It's, it's something that really I didn't think uh, Biden said much about at all. He did mention that the Ukrainian ambassador was sitting there. He said this about uh, China. He said, before I came to office, the story was about how the People's Republic of China was increasing its power and America was failing in the world, not anymore. Huh. Does does that ring true after you just saw a Chinese balloon take a week to traverse the United States, including going past some of our most, uh, you know, strategic military installations, one in Montana, the strategic command mm-hmm. in out of Omaha, the uh, B-2 bomber bases in Missouri, and then finally we shot it down in China. So, I mean, how can he say that with a straight face? China is increasing its power in America was falling in the world failing in the world not anymore not anymore I I don't I'm not buying this Jonathan
9: yeah the, um so there uh, there are a couple of problems with the the speech first of all um, mm-hmm. and it's it's a re-election speech and nobody ever gets elected on foreign policy uh, at least not since the early part of the Cold War but um he uh, he mentioned China so that was good he kind of mentioned uh, the Ukraine and Russia uh, he didn't talking all about Iran Um, and and Iran is about to become a nuclear power Uh, Iran controls uh, Mm -hmm. choke points uh, that are vital to international maritime travel Mm -hmm. and uh, to not even mention that they're selling drones that the Russians are using in Ukraine uh, drones by the way that we gave them I don't know if you remember but in 2011 uh, the Iranian intelligence commandeered a US UAV a sentinel managed to down it inside of Iran and Republicans were begging the Obama administration to, to hit the base so that they couldn't copy the technology. The Obama administration decided not to do that. The Iranians reverse engineered our technology and now they have fleets of drones that are better than anybody else has. They're selling them to the Russians because of course the Biden administration allowed the conventional arms embargo to expire in 2020. And we've got, uh, the, uh, the, uh, that wasn't the Biden administration's fault. That was the UN that did that. But the mm-hmm. um the but now we've got the problem where uh, a a muscular Iran that's ready to go nuclear is providing these weapons to Russia and Ukraine. Biden didn't say anything about it. Uh, we've got uh, Russian. Or, I'm sorry. We've got Chinese balloons, probably Chinese drones, more than just the one that we know about. Uh, traversing the United States spying on us getting around our high-tech detection systems um, we are not uh, Well, apparently
0: they just actually shot down another another one in Canada you, yes yeah. in Canada yep. with, with uh, in coordination with Canada right. over Lake Huron they shot down another unidentified flying That's object right.
9: probably another spy balloon and look the mm-hmm. the fact that we're that we're uh, being looked at by technology that you can buy at Home Depot is <laughs> just it's embarrassing and look this isn't by the way yeah. the biden administration's fault entirely it's it's several administrations in a row not taking our relationship with china seriously not having a values based relationship with china allowing them to steal our uh, our uh, our sensitive information uh, including corporate information for decades allowing them to uh, get boisterous with us over the slightest thing that we do but and insult us whenever they feel like it uh, we our our relationship with China has been to roll over and show them our belly. And it's pathetic. And it, Biden's response, which was called, you know, is praised by the media. Of course, it was it was nothing. He didn't say anything. We're not going to change that. Uh, there isn't a China policy that I can discern. Uh, there certainly isn't. The Iran policy is to as gently as possible allow them to get nuclear weapons and continue selling drones that they stole from us to the russians so i don't i mean i guess that's the reason why you don't talk about foreign policy in a speech if you don't have anything to talk about you just don't say anything
0: Well, he could have said something positive. He didn't even mention the mm-hmm. fact that you have yeah. an Iranian uprising going on right now. That's right. You've got uh, a number of women who, in, in fact, 41 to date, I believe, have been murdered for point. simply just taking off their hijab. He could have stood with them. They've done nothing to stand with them. They call, they're calling it now the Yellow Revolution after they've had the Green Revolution. They do this every few years. The, the sure. people uprise, they they start to try and get some liberties again. Um, I just had Farid, oh gosh, what's his name? Uh, Kasari on my, um, I do a podcast and he was just on with me and he says, no, this is real, but the people need to hear from other international agencies uh, w- that are going to support this sort of ret- um, revolt. And, uh, you know, they are very serious about taking out their, the dictatorship that's there that's been installed for now almost 50 years and we've done nothing to precipitate that he could have stood on the side of them you heard nothing yep. from the administration on this uh, and there's a reason yeah. for that the reason okay. for that
9: is because he's still trying to protect what little is left the rubble of the joint comprehensive plan of action <laughs> which is the the Iran nuclear deal that Obama signed into or that Obama pushed through Congress so that you he's talk trying- to
0: any dissident Iranian though they say that is absolutely a deal killer for what do you mean? For the Iranian people, if they were to get that. If, if the they Iranian. would have a deal on, on the um, Jokha. Well, you know,
8: yeah. Biden should have definitely spoken for the women in Iran, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. And you have to understand that the Iranian uh, leadership, they have a vendetta with the United States. So the, we definitely need to take a real closer look at what's going on over in Iran. Now, when it comes to China being a, a world superpower, uh, we have to watch China with everything we have based on the fact that, uh, you know, there's rumors. Of, you know, like there was a prophet, Nostradamus, who predicted that the last world war would come really from the Middle East. That's just one of his prophecies anyway. right? We don't know. But the reality of it is right now, China, if they're using low level technology to try to spawn the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I were the president, I would call for an emergency meeting with the president of China and look him right in his eyes and say, look, man, you need to stop it. You need to stop it right now because yeah. we're not playing
9: yeah. with
0: you, yeah. okay?
8: What Tio just said is... is what are it, the, it, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. yeah.
9: Caesar. go ahead. Go
0: ahead, Caesar. Mm-hmm.
10: Yeah, I was going to say, one of the best commentaries I heard about the Chinese balloon was someone said it was a giant middle finger that China floated right through the center of our country, right in the face of mm-hmm. Joe Biden. And the fact mm-hmm. that uh, he shot it down after it had completed its mission uh, in the waters off of South Carolina, would really make people wonder about, okay, so what is really going on with you and China? And, and I think sometimes mm. we're a little bit too afraid to be able to address some of the obvious things in the room. For instance, is it fair to question, is Joe Biden somehow in the bag for China, uh, You know, based on some of the deals we heard about between his son and China and some of those other things? Uh, what is it really about his relationship with with, with the Chinese president? That he would allow himself. Uh he's everybody talking about China being embarrassed. That was an embarrassment to us. And so I, I really wonder, you know, are do we need to look closer? Uh, At Joe Biden and his relationships with China.
0: absolutely and yep. in Well and Senator Johnson remarked also on uh, Bartroma's show this morning that I was watching, he says that China sees weakness in the United States, that he exactly. that Joe Biden is not living in reality. and the fact that he doesn't see this intrusion into our airspace as alarming is itself alarming. Uh, you know and that there's been warnings that uh, you know a high-altitude blast could happen at any time that knocking out our electrical infrastructure that would be devastating to America as well
9: so let me let me take this out of partisan terms because it's not just Joe Biden that's the problem here the 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 Chinese have often said that they're surprised how cheaply you can buy Americans Uh, not American Americans uh, we are for sale, too many of us. Uh, our cultural institutions are for sale. The NBA has been it's, bought by the Chinese. Our movie industry right. has been bought by the Chinese. And it's now not, the MLB right. is going that way. It's not just our politicians, although the Chinese have also done a great job, as Jeannie pointed out, seeding universities with uh, Chinese spies, seeding congressional offices with spies. So the, the this is a, it's a much bigger problem than than our our partisan filters are able to deal with. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to go back to something Tio said. Tio talked about um the 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 vendetta that the Iranians have against the United States. It's important to understand that's part of the national ethos exactly. of the, the government of Iran that the great satan is coming to get them. The reason that they will not stop at anything to develop a nuclear weapon is because they believe The leadership of that country believes that they need to be a nuclear power in order to protect themselves from us. So any deal that we sign isn't worth the paper that it's written on because at a fundamental level, the Iranians believe they must have a nuclear weapon in order to deal with the the threat from the United States.
0: Fundamentally, though, there are a significant number of Iranians that are um, sophisticated enough to understand what's going on just next door in Iraq. Okay. where it's it's basically it's now a very secular society it's a very wealthy society the oil money is rushing in, they want the same thing they want their freedoms back they don't they, you know you still have generations of people who grew up under freedom before the the shah of iran was taken out of power and the religious zealots were put in uh, put in place in iran you still have that generation is not completely died off they're still there there is a way that biden said Nothing, yeah. nothing in support of it. And I find that just uh, troublesome.
8: Well, you know, Trump, when uh, North Korea, was, the president of North Korea, was uh, boasting about his nuclear arsenal, uh, President Trump told him straight, "Look here, Rocket Man, don't try it. <laughs> you know, you need somebody who's going to step all the way up mm-hmm. and be uh, just like a, have a lot of backbone." In other words, uh, here in this country right now, you definitely need that. Yeah, there's something to be said for
9: the uh, leaders of other countries, especially rogue nations, thinking that the person who leads our country is crazy and might do anything. Nobody thinks Joe Biden's <laughs> going to do anything. No, nobody <laughs> believes that Joe Biden is going to is going to actually do anything about Xi Jinping. Nobody believes that. Right. Nobody in Iran believes that Joe Biden nobody is going to do something crazy. Nobody he's in charge. Right. So I right. mean, the, the 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 fact that Trump uh, uh, ordered the uh, the drone hit on Qasem Soleimani, uh, the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps commander, that's a big deal because that's a that's, that's right. crazy. Nobody would do anything like Joe Biden would never do anything like that.
0: Okay, that closes out this segment. We will be back with you. Again, we're taking your calls at 1-800-723-8289. Great discussion here on foreign policy, and we're going to continue with more. Thanks for joining us on Beyond the Beltway.
2: At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine, vinegar, and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike's sub gets its exquisite zinc and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra. An exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings. A kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike's subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike's sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above.
6: at LLS.org. If talking, we'll hear you.
5: We all want our kids to grow up safe and healthy, so we show them how. And we tell them with honest conversations that let them know what we expect. Not just one time, but every chance we get. That's especially important when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. Kids not only need to know the dangers and how to avoid them, they need to hear it often from you. And when it comes to pain medications, opioids, they need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription and never shared with friends or family. It's dangerous and illegal. So talk with your kids and guide them through the challenges of growing up safe and healthy. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov.
0: Beyond the Beltway, 1-800-723-8289 is the phone number here, one 800 uh, Jonathan, do you have an update on the score?
9: It's 24-14 Eagles at halftime. 24-14
0: okay. Eagles at halftime, okay. I well. believe the
9: Chiefs get the opening off
0: All right. Well, we'll see what second half <laughs> brings. That's great. Yes. Okay. So we were going to turn to the conversation. Caesar. I, I you're a little bit at a disadvantage. We're sitting here in the studio discussing among ourselves at break what we'd like to talk about. If there's something you have on your mind that you want to discuss with the panel, uh, we're happy to do that too. But right now we were going to turn to crime because it's always an issue uh and is it's an important issue and it's it just it, it just permeates uh every city every, every major city you can speak of and of course you had tyree nichols uh, family who was at the state of the Union of address mm-hmm. and uh president biden gave them a shout out uh and so we want to turn to that issue uh, let's start with you i mean you're Tio, you know You founded Violence Interrupters. Yes. You've been heavily involved in stopping crime in the city of Chicago. So what's your take? What happened in the Tyree Nichols murder?
8: Well, first, I want to say this on behalf of Violence Interrupters. Alleged murder. Alleged murder, right. On behalf of Violence Interrupters, in the year 2022, my staff mediated 40 conflicts on the front end where we stopped somebody from taking another person's life. That's what's most important. Uh, Those stories are not in the news a lot because we stopped the crime, did not Mm -hmm. take place, right? Now, as far as Tyree Nichols, you had five African American officers beat the man to death, right? And so I I noticed that there was not as much outrage. If it it had been five white officers, they would we'd have been tearing the whole city up. But don't get me wrong. I stood up against excessive force and police brutality. We're not anti-police at all. We just stand up you know, for what's right. So Tyree Nichols' situation, to me, it appears to be personal because there was nowhere in the world those five officers, then they fed into this pack mentality. When one officer started beating them up, everybody just joined in. Instead of the young men thinking about their families, thinking about their careers, they did the same thing as far as what happened to George Floyd in uh, Minneapolis. I mean, everybody just felt... They fell they right into what was going on there. So it's a, it's a mindset. And See, I go on the record and say this. To me, I'm just talking about for me. I can say this. A lot of people cannot say this. I think it was some uh, black-on-black hatred going on, personally. Because for them black officers to go there and beat that man to death, he he was not driving recklessly. He was not a bad... His mother even said a lot of people say their kids are, are good kids. She said her son was a solid young man. Even if he was not a solid young man, he did not deserve to be beaten to death by th- those officers. They just happened to be black. But if they were white, our kids... Did you not the city would have went up in flames Memphis would have went up in flames and, and that's a sad reality well, that, okay? you, you know
0: that's interesting that you yeah. say that because there were a number of cities preparing for there to be violence and looting yeah. and riots just like you had after the George Floyd inc- a murder you, uh, you were they were expecting the same thing that did not happen
8: well it did not happen because they were black officers the same way a lot of the crime is going to see a lot of people get mad at all these type of conversations for one, when I say black-on-black black violence, people say, what about white-on-white white violence? What about Latino-on-Latino Latino violence? I'm a black man. I'm concerned about all violence, but I'm mainly concerned about black. My people killing one another. So when we talk well, about statistically this—
0: statistically speaking, the, yeah. uh, I'm sorry that, that that is what happens, at least in Chicago, when you look at the statistics— yeah. It, blacks are killing other yeah. blacks
8: yeah but people don't want to hear that and I know Cesar's gonna say something in a second but I just want to say this much here now Tyree Nichols uh, is just, it was just a tragedy beyond a tragedy plus with all the information out on the mainstream on social media and the media mm-hmm. about police brutality the police officers they were not thinking uh, those police officers mm-hmm. need to be treated they got some self-hatred issues going on in my opinion
0: okay but are they past aren't they past that age Cesar we're gonna to get to you in just a minute here I mean, you're black on black hatred. I've never actually heard of the term black it. on yeah. black hatred. Yeah. I've never yeah. actually heard that. Well, but you know, the season know
8: what I'm talking about because but the things we these, heard each other on these the regular are, basis. These
0: are not 18 year olds.
8: No, they were older. Yeah, they, they were older. older yeah. they,
0: they've not grown. I mean, I don't understand. Obviously, it.
8: they've done this before. They just never got held oh. accountable for it because it appeared like it's something oh. they've been involved in. So pulling no. that man out, there. they would not have done that to a white man. I promise you. Those black officers would not have done that to a white man, Jeannie.
0: Okay. Caesar, uh, do you have a response to that?
10: Yeah, I do. I, first of all, I want to say I think that I uh, understand that in the Tyree Nichols situation, there was a personal issue between one of the police officers right. and Tyrese Nichols. I think that said has that definitely too.
0: been out there in the, uh, you can read right. about that on the internet. I've read that, but right. that's not been confirmed.
10: Right. Right. But one of the things I will say is that, first, I support the police because as a black man living in the city of Chicago, uh, we need to police more than any other demographic because, uh, because of where our communities are. But I don't believe in standing behind the thin blue line because I think that creates that us versus them mentality. I tell people a lot that the problem between police and the citizens are not necessarily based on race. I think it's based on culture. I think there's a lot of things that need to be changed in both cultures. Sometimes I believe with the police, there is this uh, shift towards tyranny that comes when you give the individuals power over other individuals lives. And so a lot of times those people who have been abused, when they become an authority, they become the, the worst abusers. Uh, so because I've seen some pretty horrible thing come from black police officers as well. But when we talk about interrupting violence, I think we need to really focus on some of the major issues, especially the black community, that we need to address. The destruction of the black family, I think, is one of the most significant contributors to the violence going on in our communities. When we have young black men being raised without the, uh, you know, the influence of their dads or someone to be able to teach them to respect authority and to, uh, you know, operate within that authority. And then by the same time, some of those individuals uh, who come from the same kind of families become police officers. So their morals and, and, and values are in question as well. It's a complex issue, Jeannie. It's not yep. gonna be solved with simple solutions, but I appreciate Teal saying, we have to be very honest about certain things. Uh, black people don't like other black people to criticize things within the black community. So people get really upset with us when we call ourselves to account, for a lot of the failures that we're doing that causes us to suffer a lot of these things. So some of that black on black hatred, as a black conservative, I experience it all the time. I'm called the Uncle Tom, I'm called the sellout, I'm called all those things is because I really want to hold people to account who are responsible. You know, I point to the Democrat party and the failed policies of the Democrats and how they've affected black people. Yet the most staunch, uh, defenders of Democrat Party are black people. So uh, it, it's it's an uh, interesting economy. It's a very, very challenging situation. Uh, and we're going to have to come to grips with it that the only people going to be able to protect us is us when we start holding ourselves accountable parents got to be held accountable for what's going on with your young people because you know, your son's in a gang, you know, your son, you know, doesn't have a job yet. He's, you know, he's, 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 he's having money. You know, that there's not uh, accountability with him. So until we start policing ourselves, we should not look for fair policing from any place else.
0: Okay. So and I'll get,
10: I'm going to get in a lot of trouble for saying he that. He just nailed it though. Oh, yeah. right.
0: you, you, that was uh, so Jonathan, are we at a tipping point because, hmm. and you know, because it was black on black are we at a tipping point can we now talk about uh psychological profiling of police officers when they enter the office can we just talk about training can we talk about other other issues like that uh, obviously i mean hey look they, they had the body cameras that didn't prevent the violence they had a black police chief that didn't prevent the violence they were controlled sure. by a democrat mayor that didn't prevent the violence mm-hmm. um so I mean, are we at a tipping point? Do you think that this will be as impactful when it comes to having real discussions about crime and policing as, let's say, George Floyd was impactful in terms of people coming out uh, the the other way, uh, you know, wanting police, uh, police reforms?
9: I think any time that you... uh... Start talking about policy in response to a particular event, you end up with bad policy because you end up with policy that's that's uh, tailored to that event rather than policy that's informed by a lot of mm-hmm. different experiences. So I, I, I think, and we saw this with George Floyd, the 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 uh, the abolition movement uh, of policing, the defund police movement. Um, which was actually tried in some cities was a disaster, and for, largely has been uh, even uh, Minneapolis yeah, attempted right, it. Right. And they had to bring it back. Right. So the um so the, so that's one from a policy perspective. That's one thing. I do the, look. I, I've seen the video of uh, Tyrese Nichols beating. It's awful. It's it's very hard to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but police aren't responsible for that crime. The people who did it are responsible for it. Um, and uh, thankfully, we've implemented policies where we can keep an eye on what our police are doing. We have body cams. We have other security footage available. We have uh, dash cams for cars. Um, and so these police aren't going to get away with it. And we, we need to try to make it so that the, the communities that these people are supposed to be serving can have some confidence that if things like this happen, they're not going to get away with it. Uh, and I think we've, we've tried to do that. I think certainly in Chicago we've tried to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and once we've done that, once we've created an environment where that trust can be there, then we have to stop holding police generally accountable for the actions of bad individuals.
8: Yeah, the leadership, the police leadership has to really step up to the plate and hold people right. accountable. And the last thing I want to right. say about Tyree Nichols, those officers, even though they were African-American, but they had a different mindset as well. So everybody that's black, they're not really black. Of course They're not. thinking it's something else. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that maybe that's the tipping point. Is the tipping point that we can get past looking at things collectively and looking at more mm-hmm. individual incidences where, guess what, you know, if, if you're the one involved in an incident like this, you're the one who's punished rather than the entire force is punished. But confidence is really
9: important yeah. Yeah. here. The, the, mm-hmm. the communities that these people serve mm-hmm. need to have confidence that they're being served well and fairly. Mm-hmm. And the the black community, as I understand it, largely doesn't feel that way and with some good reason. And and those concerns Mm -hmm. need to be taken seriously, uh, not by defunding or the the crazy stuff that some of the the activist class wants. But we need to take those concerns seriously. And and those of us on the right who I think a lot of times our inclination is to stand with the police, we have to listen to the communities these people serve.
0: Okay, great. We will be back with you for our last segment. So it's one 800 we are open to your phone calls. That was a very enlightening segment. Thank you so much, Tio, for those excellent comments, um, as you are a part of that community, and you know exactly what needs to be done.
8: No doubt. I know my people. Good, but...
2: At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend it's how a jersey mike sub gets its exquisite zinc and how bites get boosted the juice adds a certain something extra an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings a kind of exclamation you can eat order jersey mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest jersey mike sub location jersey mike's be a sub above A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date?
6: Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together.
2: Probably?
7: <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. <laughs> I can probably
2: swim. Uh,
6: you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, <laughs> tell me what to do.
7: Cannonball! <laughs> If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council.
0: welcome back to the program this is our last quick segment it's gonna go quick seven minutes but you know i wanted to take up this topic because i, I find it very bothersome the expert class has failed the american people i mean it, it doesn't matter if you're talking about the military or you're you're talking about education the expert class has failed uh and that includes especially when it surrounds covid um and I find it a little bit troublesome that uh, Biden in his speech said, soon we'll end the public health emergency. <laughs> For most of us, we ended the public health emergency three months after he, they first declared a public health emergency. I mean, I was over it. Hmm. I thought, just as layperson, it was pretty obvious. Who was most affected by COVID and what the procedures was it were. And then, you know, very early in the summer of um, 2020, you had the Barrington Declaration come out. Maybe that was July or August, actually. And th- those folks, too, basically said, we need focus protection and masks don't work. That came out very early. And then just for years, and then another year, you know, mask the kids on the playground. Uh, it, it's just uh, the expert classes failed us. And now the latest revelation is that even fauci admits that the mnra vaccines don't necessarily work mm. the way he first described it i it, so did it, i think that they we have a big problem here there's a lot of folks mm. who are just not going to trust the medical field they're not going to trust mm. pharmaceutical companies and i think for for good reason
4: yeah Jonathan. we've
9: go ahead caesar i'm sorry
0: Go ahead, I think
10: they've held, on, they've held on to that power. Uh, they didn't declare the end to the emergency because they were holding on to that government power that they were able to arrogate to themselves to be able to control a lot of things. Now, they whipped us up in fear because I mentioned earlier, we're easily controlled and manipulated when we're afraid. So they made everybody afraid that everybody was going to die uh, unless you put the mask on, unless you took the, the shot. They mm-hmm. drowned out any uh, voices that spoke different about that. Even the Great American Declaration and other things that came out, they say, hold on, wait a minute, there's another side to this. You know, take the vaccine, you won't get sick. Yet people are taking it, they're getting sick. And they're not talking about the adverse effects and a lot of things associated with it. So I really believe part of it was necessary to win, steal an election, because that that COVID power gave the government uh, opportunity to change everything, to change everything, even about that election where we run elections and so they really are not too keen on giving that power up
0: uh jonathan
9: yeah i think the politicization of the public health field uh, over the last few years and and public health experts beclowning themselves over covid mm-hmm. really is going to have major negative consequences for other fields um, but it's already had negative consequences for things like established vaccines that we know work against smallpox and things like that. We have smallpox making comebacks in in places because now that people are not sure about the COVID vaccine, they're questioning the validity of other vaccines. Um, you know once you believe that you've been lied to by one segment of expertise of the expert class, you start to question the what you hear from other segments of it, sometimes reasonably but sometimes not. And so the, the, we're going to be dealing for the next century, probably, with the lies that we were told um, by the public health sector, by Anthony Fauci, um, who has admitted that he lied in order to get the American people to behave a particular way. Well, you can't do that and when when government officials do that it makes everybody question everything they ever hear from the government it's a complete right. disaster and it'll it'll be with us for another century fauci is like a bond villain level bad guy and he'll eventually be yeah. remembered that way
0: but will he ever yeah. be held accountable no not
9: and in his lifetime will the
0: social media be held accountable for shutting down uh, other folks's uh, you know opinions on this you know people like Ah uh, and, and and Malone. I mean, the people that knew what they were talking about as well in this field, they were shut down. I mean, is there going to be accountability?
8: But right now, everybody needs to really study the, the data. I think the last time we deal with a pandemic was like in the early 1900s, the Spanish flu or whatever. So we need to gather all the information from back then and gather all the information with COVID now, because I'm a COVID survivor. That's why I'm saying this, because uh, two years ago- I think
0: we all are. That's right, right. Yeah.
8: Plus, I was wearing two masks at a time, I was doing everything right. I, I caught COVID when I was in Cleveland, Ohio for a training. I never caught it while I was here in Chicago, of course, but as soon as I got on the airplane and traveled to Cleveland,
0: yeah, I came Yeah, because you ha- they had to shut down the lakefront so that you, you know, because, you know, you're going to catch COVID by going on the lakefront. I mean, this is this is right. nonsense. Misinformation. There's
9: no right. ac- there's no accountability. Yes. There's, there's no, no accountability. accountability for for anyone. There's no the voters haven't held. The elected mm-hmm. officials who persecuted yep. us for years accountable. We still don't. We still have a state of emergency in Illinois.
0: Yes, we do. Yeah, we're I mean, following the, the the federal state of emergency. B. Why? Because it's all about the money. He just wants the absurd. Medicaid rolls to stay expanded for as long absolutely as possible. Absolutely absurd. It's to- and was
9: just reelected. I mean, we're we're, we're never going to hold. Hey, how people about the hundred billion
0: dollars in fraudulent unemployment claims over COVID? Wow. When do we get our money back?
8: Except for real.
0: I, 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 I don't know. This has been such a fraud. I'm still like in my opinion, there's I'm sorry, there's no apology. there's no amnesty. You don't get it. Uh, and this includes church leaders no, who bought into it. With, I, what did Je- you do with your synagogue?
9: i'm with I'm with Jesse Kelly on this that anybody who that that the first thing I ask from when uh, from elected officials from now on is what did you do on Covid? And have you apologized yet for what you did? Mm-hmm. so the 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 people who anybody who shut down their state, anybody who shut down their state, which is pretty much everybody but Christy Nome, even Ron DeSantis, who I really like, Like I want an explanation for those few months where he did shut Florida down. I think he's actually been pretty good about that. But everybody else, like I want to know what it was that you were thinking when you locked down, and then after a few months when it was clear what this was, why you kept us locked down. Why did you keep a mask on my kids? Why did my kids have to do remote online learning which was ridiculous my I, I have an 11 year old who's two years behind where he should be in math and reading yep. because okay. they kept him locked out of school why
0: all right we're gonna leave it at that i want to thank my guests for coming on this uh, night i really appreciate having you on Tio hardiman really appreciate the work appreciate the work that you do uh caesar lafleur thank you so much public school exit guru that's exactly what we need to do we need educational savings accounts just like iowa put in so thank you for your work there and jonathan greenberg thank you so much you uh your expertise on the foreign policy really brought things home on beyond the beltway tonight thank you so much for joining me and we will see you next week
3: to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's
7: purdueglobal.edu.
2: At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine, vinegar, and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra. An exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings. A kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike's subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above.
6: I'll be here to hear what's on your
5: mind. Kids want to share what's going on in their lives with the adults around them. Parents, grandparents, teachers, coaches, and more. They want to know you're listening, and they want to listen to you. They want your input and guidance, early and often, on all kinds of topics. When it comes to a serious subject like underage drinking, they want to know your expectations as well as how and why as a young person they should avoid alcohol. How you talk about it will change as your child grows, but the important thing is to talk about it. Not just once for an hour when you think the time is right, but in 60 one-minute conversations and more that are part of your everyday talks. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov
6: i